Hello and welcome to episode 752 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this afternoon. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, December 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Saturday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain her patronage. <coughs> oh, my most holy mother, I see the graces which thou hast obtained for me, and I see the ingratitude of which I have been guilty towards thee. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors, but I will not on this account distrust thy mercy, which is greater than my ingratitude. O my great advocate, pity me. Thou dispensest all the graces which God grants to us miserable creatures, and for this purpose he has made thee so powerful, so rich, and so benign. He has done so that thou mightest succor us in our miseries. Ah, mother of mercy, leave me not in my poverty. Thou art the advocate of the most miserable and guilty criminals who have recourse to thee. Defend me also who recommend myself to thee. Say not that my cause is too difficult to be gained for all causes, however desperate when defended by thee, are gained. In thy hands, then, do I place my eternal salvation. To thee do I entrust my soul. It was lost. Thou, then, by thy intercession, hast to save it. I wish to be inscribed amongst thy most devoted servants. Reject me not. Thou seekest the miserable to relieve them. Abandon me not, who am a wretched sinner, and who have recourse to thee. Speak for me. Thy son does all that thou askest him. Take me under thy protection. That is all that I ask. Yes, for if thou protectest me, I fear nothing. I do not fear my sins, for thou wilt obtain me a remedy for the evil they have done me. I do not fear the devils, for thou art more powerful than all hell. I do not even fear Jesus, my judge himself, for by a single prayer of thine he is appeased. I only fear that my that by my negligence I may cease to recommend myself to thee and thus be lost. It is true that these graces are too great for me, who have not deserved them, but they are not too great for thee, who art so much loved by God. Hence he grants thee all that thou askest. Thou hast only to speak, and he denies thee nothing. Pray then to Jesus for me. Tell him that thou protectest me, and then he is sure to pity me. My mother, in thee do I trust. In this hope I shall live in peace, and in it I wish to die. Live Jesus our love and Mary, our hope. Today, friends, we're going to take a look at an article from Mr. Matthew Pleasy over at the Fatima Center located at Fatima.org entitled The Joyful Fast of Christmas Eve. He begins by saying, it has been a long-standing requirement to observe Christmas Eve as a day of fasting and abstinence from meat. Christmas Eve remains part of the penitential season of Advent, which is not and until midnight mass on December 25. Christmas Eve as a day of fasting and abstinence. Christmas Eve has been a vigil of fasting and abstinence for centuries. In fact, even when various groups or nations were exempted from various fast days, the vigil of our Lord's nativity virtually always remained. For instance, the papal bull, Altitudo Divini Concili, of Pope Paul III, in 1537, reduced the days of penance and those of hearing Mass for the Native Americans out of pastoral concern due to the physically demanding lifestyle that they lived, and also largely due to the fact that they fasted so much already. As a result, the only fasting days required under pain of sin for the Native Americans were Fridays in Lent, Holy Saturday, and Christmas Eve. And when certain colonies in the New World kept differing fast days, all without exception kept Christmas Eve as a fasting day. By 1893, the only fasting days kept in Rome were the 40 days of Lent, the Ember Days, and the Vigils of the Purification, Pentecost, Feast of St. John the Baptist, 
Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, the Assumption, Feast of All Saints, and Christmas. The Catholic Encyclopedia from 1909, in describing the days of fast immediately before the changes that occurred under St. Pius X, enumerates them as follows. In the United States of America, all the days of Lent, the Fridays of Advent generally, the Ember Days, the Vigils of Christmas and Pentecost, as well as those 14 August of the Assumption, 31 October of All Saints, are now fasting days. In Great Britain, Ireland, Australia, and Canada, the days just indicated together with the Wednesdays of Advent and 28 June, the Vigil of Saints Peter and Paul are fasting days. The fast, along with complete abstinence for Christmas Eve, was retained in the 1917 Code of Canon Law in Canon 1252, Part 2. The law of abstinence and fast together is to be observed on Ash Wednesday, the Fridays and Saturdays of Lent, the Ember Days, all day, and on the Vigils of Pentecost, the Assumption, All Saints, and the Nativity. In the late 1950s, changes to fasting accelerated and included even the memorial fast on Christmas Eve. In 1959, John XXIII permitted the Christmas Eve fast and abstinence to be transferred to the 23rd, while the United States, Great Britain, and Ireland kept the penance on December 24. All other nations, including Canada and the Philippines, transferred it to December 23. By 1962, the laws of fasting and abstinence were as follows, as described in Moral Theology by Father Herbert Jonet and adapted by Father Urban Adelman for the Laws and Customs of the United States of America, copyright 1961. Complete abstinence is to be observed on all Fridays of the year, Ash Wednesday, the Vigils of the Immaculate Conception, and Christmas. Partial abstinence is to be observed on Ember Wednesdays and Saturdays and on the Vigil of Pentecost. Days of fasts are all the weekdays of Lent, Ember Days, and the Vigil of Pentecost. Sadly, the Vigil of Christmas ceased being a day of fasting in the modern Catholic Church following the changes in 1966. Yet traditional Catholics continue to keep this day as a day of fasting and abstinence, as our forefathers in the faith did for centuries. And there's a note that says the Fatima Center has noted this important day of fast in its 2024 devotional calendar, and a hyperlink is given. Byzantine Catholics likewise keep Christmas Eve as a day of fasting and abstinence. The Double Collation on Christmas Eve Father Jonay adds additional guidance for the Vigil of the Nativity Fast as it was practiced in 1962. General custom allows one who is fasting to take a double portion of food at the collation on Christmas Eve. The size of the collation, i.e. the snack eaten on a fasting day, that may not amount to more than the size of the meal, is normally to be approximately 8 ounces. This guidance had previously been provided in the Baltimore Manual, published by the Third Plenary Council of Baltimore in 1884. Only one full meal is allowed to be taken about noon or later, Besides this full meal, a collation of eight ounces is allowed. If the full meal is taken about the middle of the day, the collation will naturally be taken in the evening. If the full meal is taken late in the day, the collation may be taken at noon. Besides the full meal and collation, the general custom has made it lawful to take up to two ounces of bread without butter and a cup of some warm liquid as coffee or tea in the morning. This is important to observe, for by means of this, many persons are enabled and therefore obliged to keep the fast who could not otherwise do so. However, Christmas Eve uniquely has permitted a double collation, as noted by Father Jonay. As such, 16 to 18 ounces may be taken at the collation rather than 8. This is in keeping with the spirituality of Christmas Eve. And a note is taken that says, 
While few people attend the morning mass of Christmas Eve, which uses the proper for the vigil and is not to be confused with the masses for Christmas, the prayers of the mass and those of the breviary already begin to express the joy of the Lord's birth. For instance, the second and third antiphons and louds sing out, this day you shall know that the Lord is coming and tomorrow you shall see his glory. And tomorrow the sinfulness of the earth will be wiped out and the savior of the world will reign over us. While still a day of penance, Christmas Eve does have a mixture of joy along with penance. And the main text says, the American Ecclesiastical Review affirms this custom as long preceding the 20th century. Quote, St. Alphonsus, excuse me, St. Alphonsus allowed double the usual quantity at the collation on Christmas Eve. This means that about 18 ounces in weight are possible at the jejunium gaudiosum, as the Christmas Eve collation is called. This 18 ounces for the collation and two ounces for the frustrum on Christmas Eve are permitted even by St. Alphonsus. And the note tells us that's from the American Ecclesiastical Review, a monthly publication for the clergy, volume 98, published in 1938, pages 108 and 109. The next section is entitled Feast of Seven Fishes. One particularly notable custom for observing Christmas Eve abstinence is the Italian custom of the Feast of Seven Fishes. Many Italian families will customarily have a dinner of seven different types of fish and other seafood and honor the seven sacraments and seven days of creation. For families accustomed to spending the evening together with a family meal before attending midnight mass, look up appropriate recipes in keeping with this tradition. For larger families, 12 kinds of fish and other seafood may be eaten in honor of the 12 apostles. For smaller families, either three kinds of fish and other seafood in honor of the Trinity or five kinds in honor of the five wounds of Christ may be used instead. In all of these variations, the meal remains meatless and ends the day's fast. May our final penances on Christmas Eve be for the glory of God and the good of souls. And may our penances help make us more worthy to receive our Lord on Christmas Day. And let us conclude, friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information about RPM. RPM is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, thanks to RPM, we know that she's a comprehensive genius. She can compose music. She's a very gifted poet, uh, very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. And that's all through God's grace, of course, first and foremost, and her hard work and that of her family. At Breaking Through to Open Communication via RPM, communication is a human right. You can imagine how sad and frustrated you would be if you couldn't tell your family anything. You know, your favorite color, what you like to eat, what you like to wear. They just had to guess as to what your wants and needs are. Tremendously frustrating. Because of RPM and Breaking Through to Open Communication, non-speakers don't have to live in that prison of silence anymore. So please get that information out there. It is greatly important. May God richly bless you for doing so. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please say an Ave Maria for me. Goodbye and God love you.